inspiring interviews with today's top landlords. This is the Rental Income Podcast. And now, Dan Lane. A lot of times, it can be really difficult to pull the trigger and buy a rental property. There's so many different things to think about. There's so many different strategies. There's so many things to think about that could possibly go wrong that a lot of people just get paralyzed and they don't do anything. And that's exactly what happened to my guest today. He bought a rental property, he rented it out, but it took him 12 years to buy his next property because he was just paralyzed. He just had too many options. But he finally pulled the trigger and he bought a six-unit building and things are working out pretty well for him. It hasn't all been smooth sailing. He's had a couple of things go wrong, but he's gotten through it. So we're going to hear his story today. He's got a really good story. So let's take a real quick break. We'll get a word in from our sponsors. We'll come back in one minute and we'll meet Andrew Petroline from St. Louis. If you're a do-it-yourself landlord and you're looking for the ultimate online resource to help you better manage your rentals, check out Rentler. They have everything you could possibly need to help you better manage your rental properties from taking online applications to tenant screenings and online payment processing. They have a special offer just for our listeners. If you sign up for a tenant screening, they'll give you a free year of ACH payment processing. Just reach out to their customer service department after you order. For more information, go to tryrentler.com slash Dan. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com slash Dan. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S., Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. So it took you 12 years to buy your second property. Is that right? Yeah, it, it was a bit of a journey. That's crazy. So why don't we first start off talking about your first property? So the first house that you bought was a house that you you didn't buy as an investment. It was a house that you bought to live in, but it later turned into an investment. Yeah. So when I graduated from college, I really wanted to own something, kind of claim my stake. And uh, I bought a condo at the town over from my school, having spent some time paying the debt down a little bit that, uh, I thought, wow, this is, this is, there's no reason to sell this. So you're, you're renting it out. You're, you're making some money on it every month. And you were thinking for a long time, I need to do this again. I need to buy more rental properties, but like what, what held you back in that 12 year period? Like what, what was stopping you from buying another property? I'm overly analytical. Okay. So I always kind of dancing on the edge of that. I wouldn't go to some meetups locally. I'd listen to podcasts. I'd do online research, but couldn't get myself to pull the trigger. I think because there's just too many options out there. There's too many different ways to do what we do. And I couldn't narrow in on which one was right. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's tough about that is there's so many different ways to to do rentals and they all work. And at the same time, they all don't work. So it's like you you got to just kind of 
figure out something that works for you and make it work. And I, I think that's the hardest part. So what put you over the edge? What was it when you got laid off? Yeah. So that kind of snapped me out of it in my thinking that, okay, jobs are just too fragile. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time working in smaller companies and when you, your livelihood is devoted to one guy's attitude that day, you yeah. know, he's just got too much control over your life. And that's always kind of scared me. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, having having one income stream, uh, having a job where you have one income stream, I, I personally think is is very risky. I, I think you're much better off having multiple streams of income. Um, and, and I couldn't agree more, and, and especially when it's a small business. Right. That decision's made by two, probably one person that right. you could say the wrong thing to and be out. Right. Totally. Totally. And so when that did happen, it was actually a systematic layoff. I was actually in a big company at that time. And, um, you know, it, it brought all this up again, thinking, all right, I, I need to be not so focused on just one income stream, but have something else that is mine, mm-hmm. that pride of ownership to kind of motivate it. And my wife, who had heard me babbling about this for those 12 years, finally called me out and said, you know what, you need to shut up or do it. And as always, she was right. And so I started to poke at things a little more seriously, reaching out to those contacts I had met through meetups and that. And uh, it's it's actually pretty weird how I found this building. I was looking at one in the town and didn't know the area. I had to go a couple of towns over to something where the numbers made more sense. Saw a unit being renovated across the street. And just walked in, talked to the guy for a long time, what are tenants like, how easy is it to flip, how many do you have? And finally stopped me because you, you need to talk to the owner. That's not me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, got his number, learned that this guy, I guess, never slept. He is 73. He's got 75 doors and he's still working full time. He just kept buying the house next to whatever he owned and ended up having about three whole blocks. And from the experiences of listening to this podcast and others and being focused on cash flow, I knew I wanted multiple units and that really narrowed down his list. And from the final three, he had a six unit that just had awesome numbers. Awesome. So, so tell me how did the deal come come together how did you decide on a price it was kind of tough in that i didn't know the area very well so i I really had to research the rents i had to learn how true is what he's charging and what i came to discover is that he was buying properties for a tax write-off his full-time gig was paying him enough that that was his focus it wasn't for cash flow Mm -hmm. and so even at the price he gave me, it was appealing because I really felt I could raise those rents with not a lot of work. Right. Okay. So he had, it was a six unit building. He's got three tenants in there and then three of the units are vacant. Yeah. So why were they vacant? Was it just that he didn't have that motivation to make money off this building? Um, that's my guess. Okay. You know, okay. Because I inherited it in the beginning of December 
So I busted my butt, flipped the first unit so I could push photos out there really quick, only to be trying and renting this at Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's a tough Year's. time of year. <laughs> yeah. So and I, then January landed the worst winter I could remember in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear about that. And we'll get to the, the winter because I, I think this is an interesting story of what you've had to deal with in the first year of owning this property. Before we get there, tell me about buying the property. So you took equity out of your first condo and you use that as your down payment for this property? Yeah, so I'm figuring out how much of the nest egg I've been saving over that 12-year stalemate uh, was going to be when the banker actually proposed to me, you've got this other condo, and at this point it's it's paid out, um, so I own it free and clear. She said, I was thinking I was going to take out the amount needed as the down payment from its equity. And then I have a regular uh, commercial loan for the six unit for the remainder of it. Okay. Okay. Now, what was it like getting approved for the commercial mortgage? Was that difficult? Surprisingly easy. So this was my first commercial loan, and it was way easier than the personal loan I took out for the house I live in now. They really just wanted to know what are the numbers from the building, how does it perform on its own? Okay. What the rents bring in versus the overhead. And it felt like once that made sense, and I actually kind of went through showing, here's why I think these rents are low even, that after that, they then looked at me personally. What's my credit score? What's my LLC structure? That kind of thing. Okay. So... Talk to me about what it was like when you closed on the property. So you you close on the mortgage or you close on the, the property. You've got 30 days before your first mortgage payment is due. And you've got three rent checks that are going to be coming in, but you've got three units that are vacant that you need to fix up. So, so how much of the mortgage was covered by those three units? All of it. All of it. Okay. So you you know you've got the mortgage covered but you're going to have to come up with the cash to fix up the vacant units. Yeah, so awesome. pretty much he was renting these units out for 500 a piece. Okay. The mortgage came out to be a little over 800 bucks because of um the the cash part of what I put in and the lien part of what I put in. It brought down the uh loan amount quite a bit. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And so uh, the paper the the math I did when I was looking at this was insurance, mortgage, dumpster, at three units, I'm breaking even. Okay. That's awesome. So it's just but, your your profit that you, you're just you're not gonna be making any cash flow on it, but yeah, you, you've got your right. basic expenses covered. So that that's well, pretty awesome. Well, Ed, but then the freak out of repairs uh, pipes bursting because they're frozen. Yeah. So tell me about this. So this is this past winter. It was a really rough winter. And so you, did you have the, the pipes freeze for the entire building? (sighs) For two of them. Wow. Two of the three that were lived in. Okay. Wow. So I, and it's the, it was the worst winter I can remember in my life. This cold snap that took us to zero or worse for longer than I've ever known, stressed everything to the point to where 
even if the pipes broke, you couldn't rent equipment to dig out the dirt and fix it. The dirt was so hard that it was breaking any type of rental digging equipment and they just quit renting. Wow. There was wow. nothing you could do. We literally just had to wait it out. So you you waited it out, you you um wait for the the pipes to thaw and then what what happened was there a lot of damage uh it was not terrible because okay. the basement is unfinished okay awesome it's it's just old exposed brick dirt floors so it all got soaked up the okay. the damage was not terrible um but it was running a torpedo heater 24/7 to keep it from freezing again Wow. Uh, then a hardwired uh, electrical heater off the breaker box to do the same because I, I had me or someone from the property management company having to re- refill the torpedo every 12 hours. Um, and that thing ran nonstop, bleeding me 500 bucks in electricity. Um, it was just such an intense cold. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really bad winter. So, all right, so talk to me about getting the property or the, the units rented out. So you, you at first you were trying to show the units yourself, but you found it was difficult. A lot of potential renters were flaking out on you. Yeah. So I had this thought of to have a little more control and involvement, I wanted to pick the tenants. Um, maybe I'm OCD, but... I wanted to do that and then turn over the rent collection and the maintenance to the property management company because I love doing improvements and hands-on stuff, but I don't like the time-sensitive stuff. Mm-hmm. I just can't. There's too much right. in my life. Um, so I, I staged the place to show depth. I put some things on the wall. Um, the photos got me plenty of leads. That okay. was great. But uh, the flake-out rate was crazy. The first time I did it, I had four people that were supposed to show. And one texted me 10 minutes late and said they'd be there in another 10 minutes. I waited 15 more and said, don't bother. And after that, I'm like, all right, I can't do this. So I just turned that over to the property management company as well. Um, How long did it take them to get it leased up? Once the weather broke, uh, a couple weeks. It, start to finish was two months. Okay, awesome. But after we got up to 40 degrees, they got people in there in a couple weeks. Yeah, the winter's a tough time to find tenants. So so they, they got in there. So now things are going great, right? You've got all this extra money coming in. You've already got your mortgage covered from your first three tenants. So... It seems like you're you're you've been cash flowing pretty good on the property, right? I have, and um, I've I've had a couple blessings pop up. One was backdated HUD checks. I inherited a HUD tenant, and so when that showed up, it helped me catch up from some of the winter maintenance. Uh, three weeks ago, I had one guy just pop smoke and take off and leave everything behind mm. out of nowhere. Uh, was pretty crazy, but he paid out his lease. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. It was. He, did he, he say got, why? Or did he say what was going on? I heard the him and his girlfriend broke up, and I don't know why, but okay. uh, he 
could not have an eviction on his record for one reason or another, I believe. Now, take me back real quick to when you were fixing up the vacant units. Did that cost a lot of money? It was, it could have. So it was, the big decision was the flooring. Okay. Um, I got it down to a cost of about 2000 bucks to turn a unit. It's 900 square feet to get me to vinyl flooring. Mm-hmm. And so it was, do I eat this now or try and get one more tenant in here and then do it? Because I had bled so much over the winter, I decided uh, I've got to rent it. You know, even if I got to take a bit of a cut with the market rate, right. I've got to catch back up. Right, right. Um, so I, I did the minimal stuff. I changed out all the lighting fixtures uh, to something more updated. Because, again, the guy I bought it from had it since the 70s. It's It was surprising how much better the place looked by changing the outlets, not just the covers, but the outlets themselves mm-hmm. to all white. Um paint and changing the golden fixtures to white um, or kind of a a cheap wood knockoff uh, to LED lights to really show and brighter. Um, It it turned around a lot better for maybe 200 bucks a unit. Yeah, it really doesn't take much. I mean, you're, you're right. Updating fixtures, like outlets, you know, little things can really make a big difference. And I'll say that was two hundred bucks a a unit with me doing the work. Okay, you know, double that if somebody else. Right. Was. So uh, after you've had this success, it, it seems like things are turned around. It seems like the building's going going well now. Do you see yourself doing it again, or do you think you might wait another twelve years to? <laughs> <laughs> the twelve years from now, I, I'll be retired probably. But uh, I yes, but again stuck with the juxtaposition of how because there's so many options one of the ways i was thinking of doing is i've actually raised the rents about a hundred bucks a unit successfully and so maybe another 12 months from now having it reassessed take out a larger loan and use the difference in the capital to buy Mm -hmm. another one sure uh or i actually own an awesome hundred year old bungalow uh, downtown of a midwestern town kind of like what you see off of hgtv will walk a little tons of stuff it's got the porch swing on the front all kinds of character inside that i know i could rent in a heartbeat if we wanted to leave or we're actually thinking maybe vrboing the bottom half mm-hmm. when we get these kids grown and out of the house there's all kinds of options yeah that and th- that's the great thing with rentals. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. If you really want to do it, you can find a way. I mean, there, there's yeah. always a way to make it work. Yeah, and I think what will guide the final decision will be our lifestyle. Which, which do we want to end up doing for where we live? Mm-hmm. Determining where will the rental be. Right. Well, that's awesome. Well, Andrew, definitely keep us updated and, and let us know when you get your next place. And uh, congratulations on, on on taking action and getting the six-unit building up and running. Thank you. It was an awesome ride. If this was your first time listening, we have new interviews with inspiring landlords every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening to, and you'll get the show delivered to you automatically as soon as it comes out. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Dan Lane, and this has been the Rental Income Podcast.
I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into building my rental portfolio. It's something I'm very proud of, something I want to protect, and something I want to keep in my family for a long time. That's why I put together an estate plan. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage your own custom estate plan starting at just $199. Just go to trustandwill.com slash RIP and you'll get 10% off plus free document shipping. I thought about doing a will for a long time, but I thought it was going to be very complicated, confusing, and expensive, and I just kept putting it off. Luckily, I found trust and will, and the whole process could not have been easier. My wife and I sat down one Saturday morning over a cup of coffee. We went to trustandwill.com. They walked us through a series of questions, and at the end, we got our own state-specific and customized will for our needs. Trust and Will has made estate planning easy and accessible for everybody. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com RIP. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RIP. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year. For $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. 
Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.